When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Powerslam podcast here on itrwrestling.com or wherever you get your podcasts or of course on Patreon if you subscribe there and you get this a day early. Uh, my name is Kenny McIntosh, joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, it's Thursday. Are you hyped for the weekend? Um. Well, what's happening this weekend? Are you talking about double or nothing? I don't just in your life. Is, is there anything on this weekend to be hyped about? <laughs> Or, you know, is there some grouting to do, fellas? No, no, probably another tip to the uh, to the uh, trip to the tip today. Try to, that's it for that's easy for me twister. to say. Easy for me to say. Now, I still haven't done test, but I don't feel ill, so I'm figuring that you were right and that I don't have COVID. So I'm going to wait until tomorrow before I do a test because obviously you don't want to waste a test in May 2022. You know what I mean? You want to start. I mean, I know some people still get them free, but I'm not one of those people. So I'm not going to waste a test until Friday. No, but I'm just <laughs> avoiding the world, avoiding public. Um, I did a click and collect food thing at Sainsbury's, which, you know, you can avoid people there. So uh, I haven't had any contact with any human beings outside my household since Saturday night. Sometimes it's, to, it's nice to take a break from human beings. Well, you know it mean? is. It is. And it's nice to take a break from the, the news. You know, I didn't watch any news at all yesterday. And I felt so much better for it. Yeah. I feel because I feel like I feel like the, the thing that you know, if if we if we talk about wrestling news or whatever, there's always some fun to be had in a really? weird or wacky story. But I feel like when you watch the real world news, it's just depressing. And oh, 
I mean, and it was Tuesday, Tuesday, wasn't it? The news broke about what happened in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the shooting, and it's yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those uh, one of those things, you know. If you you see a lot of people commenting, um, uh, you know, about it, and it's just kind of. You know, I think I think what everybody can agree on. I'm going to try and not get political about how I feel about it, but I think what everybody should be able to agree on is that the the, the time for thoughts and prayers should be well past by now, and it should be action. Yeah. Um. You know, we're in the UK. 1996, then Blaine happened. No school shooting since. There was a reason for that. Yeah. Banned um, handguns. Exactly, and I think it's um. Hungerford assault rifle. Michael Ryan assault rifles were banned. There's been a single mass shooting with assault rifle since in the UK. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think there was a, a stat about, because I think there's been 22 school shootings in this year in the US. Um, and we're in May. And, uh, you know, it's, and, and I think the majority, if not all of them, were AR-15s. That's the gun. Um, you know, hope, hopefully it's going to change. Um Oh, also, Nifan, I don't expect you to weigh in on this because it, it, it's just for me. So, you know, I have before questioned the motives of Mr. Jackson Riker, but um, truly at this point, the guy is a cretin. He, uh, he's now on his Twitter saying that homosexuality is wrong, that he thinks that, um, you know, God has got a plan for all of us and all this kind of stuff. So the guy has clearly gone barmy, essentially. And um, it's going to be interesting because I don't know how this guy is going to keep jobs in wrestling now because he's gone so far into his opinions that he's, he's, and he's alienating everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there probably will be wrestling promotions out there that will hire him. Uh, I imagine... Show your narrative, probably, yeah. Well, I imagine there are promoters out there that feel the same way as him. Probably not many, but there probably are one or two. Smart um, enough to not promote that's the way they think, at least. I mean, but. no... I mean, you've got to imagine that these were his views all along, but when he was working for a big company, he knew that if he expressed them, he would be immediately fired. And now that he's not working for a large company, he can say what he feels. And uh, I, haven't read, I haven't read any of these comments. I avoided Twitter. I, I did actually see some discourse on Facebook, you know, the arguments between pro-gun and anti-gun, and I just thought I need to just withdraw from this because... I don't need to read it anymore. And, you know, I remember seeing Obama there, you know, back in when he was president and week after, well, it wasn't week after week. It was you know, fairly regularly, wasn't it, when things happened. He was probably president when Sandy Hook happened. And um, he just stand there and he was just stunned. He's like, you know, he, he couldn't do anything. You know, he couldn't change anything. A new change was required and... But he was powerless to implement that change. And here we are nearly 10 years later. I think, was it December 2012, Sandy Hook? I think it was. I know they acknowledged it at the start. Was it the TLC pay-per-view? They acknowledged it, didn't they, at the start of the pay-per-view that year? Yes, December 14th, 2012. Yes, so here we are nine and a half years later and nothing has changed. And, um, yeah, it's... um, And there isn't really much more for us to add. I just think it's... I just think it's... I just think something needs to change. Something did change in this country. When we had mass shootings, they banned the guns. And that was under conservative governments, which is our version of the Republicans. So, um, you know, if we can do it, it's like, well, you can't do it. Second Amendment, you know, right to bear arms and everything. It's like, well, you know, you need to change that. And you could if you wanted to. 
that could happen if there was the political will from the majority of people in power. But they choose not to. And I think that's I don't think anyone can argue with that. That's the choice that people in positions of power are making. Am I wrong, Kenny? No, you're 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 spot on, hundred percent right. The last thing I'll say on it is um, there's a, a Canadian doctor called Alex Patel, and I know he'd been on some wrestling radio shows uh, throughout COVID, kind of talking about when he thought things were going to open back up and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I, I've kind of followed his stuff, and he wrote this last night, which I thought was just worth reading out. Uh, I've been a, I've been a critical care physician for over a decade in the largest urban city in Canada. I've seen a total of one gunshot victim. During training, I went to the US to see more. I saw more every night. Two urban cities, only 400 miles apart. And that's it. You know, what else can you say? It's it's there. I mean, that, you know, when it happened in Buffalo a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. I watched thing. I put CNN on because I was sick of our news. And um, <laughs> I thought, well, I'll watch some American news. And I, I sort of wish that hadn't. But it, <laughs> And that same day that the Buffalo shooting happened, 21 people were shot in Milwaukee in, I believe, three separate incidents. I was just like, you just can't get your head around it, can you? No. No, you, you can't. It's, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah. I mean, and I used to shoot. I used to just like to point out I was I, I shot from the age of 12 to about 19. I shot small bore rifle, uh, which is little two two bullets. And I've shot lots of different types of guns over the years. I was really into guns when I was younger. And um, it's, um, you know, my I have relatives that still shoot to this day, all target shoot with little two two bullets. So I'm well aware of all the changes to the laws and how things have changed in this country because they have firearm certificates and, you know, they have, you know, just small ball rifles, little bullets, mm-hmm. and none of them can own handguns anymore, just air pistols. You know, you can't own uh, pistols that fire actual bullets in the UK on a normal firearm certificate. So um, this is something that I was really into. If I had like black powder and obviously clear pigeon shooting many times, that's something lots of people have had to go out and buy a pistol and, you know, I was really into it when I was younger, shooting. And um, so it's something I did have a huge interest in in my earlier days. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's I always sort of said to myself, oh, I'd love to go to America and fire, like, you know, an AK-47 or something like that, fire a big bore, you know, assault rifle. Mm-hmm. But all that's gone now, Kenny. I don't ever want to go anywhere near guns again. You know, I'm just not interested. Well, listen. Uh, obviously, you know it's yeah, it's it's really horrible. But um, let's move on to the wrestling news, which is more light-hearted. Uh, last week, the big story of the the week was that Stephanie McMahon is taking a leave of absence from WWE. Uh, she is uh, basically going to be spending some time at home. Uh, apparently, this was not widely known within the company before it was sort of announced um, last week. Um, and people have had a lot to say about it. You know, that's kind of uh, Triple H is obviously not doing what he used to be doing. Uh, we've we've obviously got now Stephanie uh, gone for a while. Shane's gone. Um, it feels it feels that things have changed. What do you make of this news that that Stephanie's uh, taking some time away? Well, could it be as simple as I mean, Paul's gone back to work, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. So he had been at home. He was like on light duties, wasn't he? Until quite recent, quite yeah. recent, just before WrestleMania. So could it be as simple as, you know, dad's back at work and now mum needs to be at home? 
I mean, they've got three daughters who are all secondary school age. Um, I know when uh, Triple H did his interview with ESPN on March 25th, he said that his daughters were 15, 13 and 11. I'm not sure if they're all still that age now, but they'll be about that age, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we're only two months on from there. So maybe Stephanie feels like she needs to be at home because Paul's return to work, work full time. Maybe it's as simple as that. Maybe there's no more to read into it than that. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I guess we, we, we don't really know is, is the point. I mean, Stephanie, from, from the stuff I was reading in the last week, you know, she has completely sort of taken herself away from being an on-screen character. Um, you know, a lot of stuff that she's done in the last couple of years has been more her going to, like, business conferences and being sort of like the buzzword person. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't think of a duller job than, you know, walking about, you know, spouting buzzwords to people. But, I mean, that's... I think because she's a female and she gets to do that and there's not a lot of them in sports that get to be so sort of uh, highly rated or ranked or whatever. So I think that she enjoys that. She obviously is. I think that's probably what she'll do more of. Um, and Glad handing, going along, shaking hands and smiling sweetly. There you go. You know, whenever you see Stephanie smile, you get kind of fearful, don't you? <laughs> Yeah, you do. You, you, do. Think, you know what? Well, that smile, it's, you know, I'm scared. I'm frightened. Mom! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it is, I mean, it's weird to think that, you know, years ago, through all the sort of like, well, Vince is going to give the company to Shane and Stephanie, and then Triple H and Stephanie are going to run it, and all this kind of stuff. And the last person standing is Vince at like <laughs> 76 or 77. I mean, in some ways, you can't really be shocked at all, but. Um, I mean this time was it this time last year all that talk started about the company was going to be sold to Disney or NBC Universal and that's all cooled down hasn't it no one's talking about that anymore but I mean could could this could this theoretically I'm not saying open up again but you know if 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 Stephanie if I mean we'll see in six months or a year if she's back yet but if she's not and she is kind of moving on and Shane's not going to run everything and Triple H can't because of his health does that open up the idea of Vince selling any more because he wouldn't be necessarily leaving it to his kids or is it not? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I mean, that story, I mean, it took on a life of its own. You're we convinced have... it's not happening, aren't you? You're convinced that they're not selling the it's company. not happening. I mean, I've said it here on the podcast. I've been quizzed about it at least twice in the magazine. And I just can't <laughs> think of a reason why it would. And I don't need to go over that again. No. Um, but to me, yeah, I mean, Stephanie's obviously not going to re- reveal the reasons why she stepped back. I mean, maybe this had been planned all along and they just didn't disclose that to others in the company. And um, she can continue to make occasional appearances at these, you know, TV events or, you know, business conferences or whatever and come along and, you know, regurgitate her spiel. You know, I was just thinking <laughs> one time she was on some... It could have been Lorraine or it was something in the UK anyway, morning TV program. And she used the phrase, she used the phrase to describe pro wrestling. It's conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? I've been writing about wrestling for over 30 years. And I don't think I've ever used that phrase. <laughs> wrestling's all about conflict resolution. And she was like comparing it to like Shakespeare. And, and it's just like, oh, mm-hmm. it's pro wrestling. You know, I mean, it's, I know you're trying to sex it up here and you're trying to, 
<laughs> bamboozle the interviewer with, you know, with science and all these, you know, pontificating with all these phrases that are intended to impress people and set them back on their heels and throw them off balance. But it's just pro wrestling, you know. So she she obviously has all the, the, the talk. She has all the patter. She knows what to say. And she is good at it. She is good at it. I've got to give her credit for that. I've got to give her, I've got to give her praise for that. She can certainly talk up what it is that WWE does. But the way she describes it, you think, well, what's she on about? You know, <laughs> or pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. That... <laughs> you know, but, I, um, I do. There's actually a, there's a, there's I always, uh, my other half, Steve Gunn, always tell, he always laughs about this. I don't remember it. So apparently Triple H and Stephanie, just because you mentioned Lorraine, they were on Lorraine, Triple H and Stephanie together. And Lorraine must not have, have got the memo on, you know, how to advertise some of the merch that WWE sells. And she apparently at one point went, oh, and you've got the wee dollies, don't you? <laughs> Talking about the action figures. <laughs> and it's just the idea of Triple H and Stephanie sitting there, you know, buzzword babes that they are. And then Lorraine just hits out with, oh, and you've got your, your, your wee dollies as well, aren't you? It just oh, tickles yeah. me pink. It really does. I mean, who who was told off for that? Someone was screamed <laughs> out for that. Someone was. Oh, 100%. It wouldn't be Lorraine. But somebody, I bet you one of Lorraine's producers was scolded for that one. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the Stephanie thing, I, I just think, feel like she's, she probably feels like a time is better spent at home with the kids at this point in their life. I mean, it's obviously been very difficult for kids over the last two years, um, you know, mm-hmm. with lockdowns and, you know, I'm not quite sure it's all played out in America, but obviously they've had lockdowns and they've had restrictions and things have been interrupted. Um, you know, and I often think as well, and this is I mean, this is not something that many people probably give that much thought to, but I mean, I have. And uh, it must be weird growing up as the daughters of Triple H and Stephanie in a world that's dominated so much by social media, or at least a media world that's dominated by social media. And um, that must be strange because even to this day, lots of people write unpleasant things about Stephanie and Triple H online, and that must be tough to read when you're 15, 13, and 11. I mean, that must be very difficult to read that stuff. So maybe she feels like she needs to be at home and giving them support because of who they are and the world we live in now and, you know, the lockdown we've just been through and, the you know, the difficulties that's imposed upon younger people. Um, so, I mean, you know, you've got to sort of admire her really for doing that. And obviously they're in a very, very, very comfortable financial position. We know that. They're not struggling. They're not looking for a handout to pay the uh, the gas bill this winter. So um, she can afford to do that. So, you know, good for her, I say, if she can do that. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would like to do what she has done. A lot of parents, I mean. Yeah. I mean, look, the thing with Stephanie is it's always a double-edged sword because I think it's hard if you're a long-term WWE fan or spectator to not feel some, not ill will, but some sort of grudge about how she took over creative when she wasn't ready and it was was very evident, evidently kind of botched when she took over. And it it didn't really, you know, because before her, when it was Chris Kresge, it it was great. And then she just kind of was, she was thrown into this job. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people do speak highly of her and say that she is a nice person. 
Um, you know, the, the role that she's in is a thankless role, you know, being Vince's daughter. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the whole time she's had to basically, you know, fight twice as hard to get half as much credit. So I do think I do take that into account with her. And um, yeah, I mean, good good for her. I, hope, I mean, look, she's 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 been doing this for years and years and years. I wouldn't blame her if she I mean, what else is she gonna do in WWE? What else does she want to do or need to do? Her mum's moved on, her brother's moved on, her husband is kind of you know been demoted due to health. Um, you know, maybe she just wants to, you know, take some time and do something else yeah. at some point. So yeah, absolutely. And um you know, good for her. You know, if she can do this, there's, as I said, there's lots of people out there that love to do what she has done and to just take a break and just, you know, and maybe have some time for herself as well. You know, that's yeah. the thing, you know, maybe she wants to do her own thing that's not work related. I mean, I remember doing that interview with Paul Heyman back in 2008 and he was just like, it's, you know, being Vince's daughter is not easy, really difficult. And she had so much to prove, especially when she was rushed into this head of creative spot in, was it September 2000? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. As you said before, she was ready, but Vince was banking on her rising to the challenge. And um, I mean, you know, as it's been an amazing year for the company in 2000. And sometimes when you take over, when something's doing well, that's more pressure than when you take over when something's doing badly. Yeah. Say, well, everything's all set up for you to just continue the success. But, you know, in some ways, if something's doing very, a company's doing very badly and you come in and you improve it slightly, then you get, you receive loads of plaudits. If you come in and the company's doing very well and it goes downhill, which let's face it, you did slightly under her watch, then mm-hmm. everyone's ready to pounce. And the media was always very critical of it. And I've got to say I was as well. And um, you know, well, you're in that. Well, you're in that spot. You should be criticised if you're not doing. You know, yeah. if you put yourself, it's like if I was to say, I'm gonna, you know, run. You know, I don't know. If I put myself in a job, you're open to the criticism. If I was, if I was going to be the editor of a magazine, which I've, which I'm, I could not do. It's well out with my comfort zone. I should be dragged over hot coals if I do it badly. You know, it's, I drag you over the hot coals. <laughs> Yo, I couldn't even ask. The last person I'd want to ask is you. Like (laughs) asking the king of the magazine how my pissy version's done. Um, Anyway, uh, be good for Stephanie. Hope she. uh, Hope she. uh, You know, finds some happiness and does what she wants to do. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so, interesting story uh, surfaced yesterday from Fightful, uh, saying that Karrion Cross was due to debut for AEW recently, but he walked away from the offer. He was um, supposed to be part of the... Uh, he was basically supposed to be in the W. Morrissey spot um, against Wardlow. Um, okay. He was uh, approached about it, um, he was going to do it, and then things went south because um scarlet would not be part of the 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 deal for this appearance she would not be accompanying him um so he he's turned it down apparently both sides are still in good terms um there's the prospect of them working together in the future but he said no and i've got to say you know carrying cross it's, it's a pretty great decision because if you want to you know rehab your image from wwe and their you know, annihilation of you in the main roster. That coming in and being a, a a guy that Wardlow beats on the way to MJF is not the way to come in. So I think he's no. made the right call. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
I mean, I'm just astounded that they would even make the offer to him and that he would even consider it. I mean, the absolute dumbest thing that he could have done. I mean, he's got options at the moment. He, as you say, he's trying to rebuild his image. He's going to but, Nottingham next week. <laughs> well, you know, he'll probably be uh, the, the task of rebuilding his his image will 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 have to be will have to double after that experience. Uh, I mean, actually, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to really do that do him that much harm. Yeah, nobody will care. This event's going to take place. People will report on it. It won't be widely reported. I think most people will really be just concentrating on how small the crowd is and how much you know, and the speculation will be how much money have the promo promoters lost on this show hopefully not too much you know we talked about this last week and um we don't need to go over that again <laughs> but i mean carrying cross in AEW, i mean the william morrissey thing i mean what was impact thinking sending william morrissey and worse diana perrazzo in to lose to mercedes martinez i mean impact just can't catch a break AEW is not a partner. It's not a friend, Impact. It's the <laughs> no. enemy. Do not do business with them again. You know, every time one of your performers goes to AEW, they become less respected, less valuable, less over, less everything after that experience ends. I mean, okay, they might receive a payoff. I just don't think it's worth it. So Karen Cross made the right decision. If he's going into AEW, and I don't really see a role for him there, I don't really think he's going to work in that company. I mean, he might, I suppose, but probably not. Um, I just don't think his style is really conducive to AEW style, and they've got so much talent there that's not really doing anything as it is, or we're not he's not really making much progress. That I think Karrion Cross, after that first week, would probably just you know, just glide into the background, would just mm -hmm. become just become just another guy. And as far as not taking a payoff to go and put Wardlow over, he made the right call, absolutely the right decision. Um, obviously, we discussed the Ric Flair retirement match that's happening on July 31st, and there is uh, an interesting rumour um, that's come out of something that I wanted to ask you about, Finn. So you're aware of B. Brian Blair, the killer B himself. Yes, I remember um, him, yeah. So he was doing an interview with Wrestling Shoot Interviews YouTube channel, and he was asked about Flair Wrestling, and he seemed to indicate that the, the singles opponent in that six-man tag would be Hulk Hogan. And he, he basically, he wasn't asked, like he was in no way asked, you know, if, if Hulk Hogan's going to be there or whatever, but he, the, the way that he answered it was that Hulk Hogan's going to be the opponent. And he hopes that Terry and Rick are able to get through it, and they're able to to uh, you know have a good match. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it just beggars belief that uh, the Hulk Hogan would be <laughs> the Hulk Hogan would be the opponent. So let me see if I can read exactly what Brian Blair said because I, I want to try and get it right. Um, oh yeah, he said, "I'm looking forward to seeing Flair and Hogan at SummerSlam." And then uh, he was asked about uh, Flair's health concerns. And he said, well, I think if Rick were going to die anywhere, he'd want to die in the ring. 
Teddy's had his fair share of surgeries, way too many, and I'm getting ready to call Teddy in a couple of minutes. I just wish them the very best. I know the fans are the ones that have been really egging it on, that really want to see it, so it sparked them. All I can say is it will be interesting, and I just pray that they both come out in one piece. Mm. What are your thoughts? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I mean, we talk, I mean, we did talk about this last week, and, and my hope was that the mystery opponent, the third person, the person who would team with the Rock and Roll Express, would be someone in their 20s or 30s who could go, who could really do it, who could, <laughs> you know, compensate for Flair's obvious physical shortcomings at the age of 73. The person I had in mind was not Hulk Hogan. <laughs> you know, he's what's he? 68, I think he is 68. Is he 69 this year? I think he is. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's 69 in August. Uh, the Hulk Hogan, who is less mobile than Ric Flair. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I think it would be quite fitting if it was Hogan because it would draw a lot of attention to the match. And I think they could do so many things in the ring together without either having to take a bump. And I think it would in some ways be helpful. But to me, Hogan should be one of the people who's in the ring that's not tasked with taking the bumps. So if it was Hogan and another old timer and then a younger person who was going to do all the you know, in-ring moving around, all the activity, then I think it would work quite well, actually. But Rock and Roll Express and Hogan versus Flair... And was it FTR that Flair was teaming with? Yes, Rock and Roll Express and Hulk Hogan against FTR and Ric Flair. You need, yeah, we, we talked about this last week. You need some younger talent <laughs> who can put, who can do 90% of the, or 98%, make it 99% of the physical, you know, graft, the actual nuts and bolts of the match. And then Flair can just come in and style and profile and woo and, you know, work the crowd and ham it up and just do the things that he's renowned for that don't require him falling down. <laughs> so I, I can't make any sense out of, you know, Hogan being the third person on the opposing team when he can possibly do even less than Flair. I mean, if, so, it, if, if it is going to happen, you've got to imagine that this, because I mean, look, Conrad Thompson is not going to pay He's not going to pay so much money that he's losing money doing shows. I know Conrad pretty well, and he's not that kind of guy. So I would imagine if, if it is happening, then Hogan's somehow doing it as a favour to Flair of some kind. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. Um, and plus, Hogan can come in and do the autographs. He can do the, the pictures, and he can make a killing on that, can't he? Yeah, he would do. He would do very well. And I mean, the thing is, Hogan's, Hogan's made this whole thing about having another match so many times. And obviously nobody would ever, well, either nobody can afford it from the Indies and WWE or AEW would never uh, allow it to happen. So, I mean, we would we would definitely be watching if it does happen, if only for the, the, the weird curiosity factor of, of how yeah. it would play out. And the thing is as well, also, if Hogan, what would be really fitting what would be a really nice gesture. And I think Hogan would just receive so many plaudits if he was to do this and so much praise would be if he were to lay down and do the job for Flair. I mean, how great would it be to see Hogan put Flair over in Flair's final match? 
after all the times that Flair put Hogan over in W. Well, actually, I don't. I mean, I think Flair did put Hogan over on the house shows eventually. I know they did count out finishes at first, but certainly Flair put Hogan over many times in WCW. Yeah, so it would be very fitting if the roles were reversed in Flair's final match. Do you? Th- I mean, do you think that Hogan is in a position where he could take one bump to lay down? <laughs> well, I, don't, I have no idea, but I'm sure they could work something out so that he could like beaten up, get beaten up outside the ring. They could roll him into the ring, and then Flair could pin him. Obviously, with his feet on the ropes, Flair would insist that the feet were on the ropes. And yeah. then that could be the finish. I'm sure they could work it out so that Hogan could do that. But I mean, can you imagine if Hogan comes in and then last minute says, I'm going over? You know, I'm not putting Flair over. <laughs> I, I mean, mean he, he, he would put it past him. Oh, I mean, no. that, would just, that would just be the funniest thing, wouldn't it? That's what I would expect to happen. Um, I mean, the thing is, I mean, Hogan did put over Jacques Rougeau in Montreal, but that's because nobody was watching. Yeah, you know, it wasn't on TV or anything. So, um, I mean, Hogan at this point's got nothing to lose. He's, I mean, he's never going to have another run. It's not like it used to be where he was very protective of his image because he always had that he was dang that carrot that he was dangling or was being dangled in front of him of that one last big money run in WWE or wherever. So, um, so I don't see how he could really have a reason to object to putting Flair over. Um, yeah. I mean, but. You know, we could end up, you know, backstage argument and a Sasha Banks and Naomi situation. Two <laughs> walking out. Maybe Flair will walk out before the match. Jeez. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult one because do they go for name value or do they go for quality? That's going to be the choice that they have to make. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, we're now, we're at this point, uh, what, two months away? Just over two months away, so... Uh, I guess because dep- if they can sell all the tickets they want, if they can sell as the amount of tickets they want to sell without having to announce the opponent yet, they might not announce it till like you know the end of next month. Yeah, uh, but if tickets are not shifted, then I imagine we'll hear who the opponent and and partners are sooner. So, um, yeah. but yeah, what what a news story to be covering in twenty twenty two, Finn. I mean, it really is. You know, I think Luthez was in his 70s when he had his final match. Was, that, was he, I think he was 74, was he, or 72? I think he was when he had that famous match with uh, Masahiro Chono. Yeah, but Luthez could at least be serviceable. You know, he didn't embarrass himself. Well, yeah, I mean, it's... In comparison to what this would... But then, I mean, this will be the real test of, you know, how how good they are. If this If this happens, can they do stuff that makes it feel well, not big, but just doesn't make it feel like it's like sad to watch. But it's a, yeah. it's a big task. It's a big task. I mean, I mean, it is. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I think as I said last week. I mean, the nost- there'll be a lot. Of, there's going to be a lot of love in the in the venue for the match. Or at least you hope there will be. Um, and the, if there's an atmosphere there, and FTR can do most of the work, which they will. And Flair just comes in for his signature spots, which that's let's face it, that's all he did for most of the 2000s was his signature spots. And that's what people are there for to cheer Flair doing the things that he used to do, only you know, much slower and with less grace and you know, with less, you know, <laughs> less fluidity and less sure-footedness. But um, 
you know, I, I think they can probably make it work. And, you know, Hogan, if he's involved, it will feel big. It will feel like an occasion. And I think there will be a lot of interest in it. So it's not, as I said, it's not the greatest idea when his partners are, are Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. But had it been Hogan and two younger guys, I think you, you, you could have had a really good match, actually. So maybe it's not. I mean, I'm inclined to believe it's not going to be Hogan for that reason. But I mean, it could be wrong. So we will see. We will see. Well, listen, that's all the time we've got for today. Um, we, of course, next week on What's Going Down will be covered in Double or Nothing, which is coming up this weekend. Um, and we'll be uh, talking about all the wrestling. We'll do more stuff on Patreon. We do the overrun every weekend as well. We hope you will check that out. And Finn, I hope that tomorrow the test is negative and that you can be set loose on the streets of Lancashire. Exactly. I can go out and mingle with other human beings. But uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be fine, Ken. Yeah. So, uh, you were right all along, as you always are. You would know by You're made of stronger stuff then, than to be compromised before the three-month period of immunity. Exactly. Um, but anyway, I want to thank you all for your support here inside the ropes, as always, for everything that we do. Oh, before we go, the last thing, I believe that you now can reveal who your interview is for the next issue of the magazine, which we did say we would we would, we would announce if it happened. And it did happen. It did happen, yes. I spoke to Jeff Jarrett yesterday. So we spoke for about 35 minutes, talked about a lot of the big moments in his career, you know, CWA, USWA. WWF, his father Jerry Jarrah and his company's relationship with WWF back in the 90s and, you know, the, the, the good housekeeping match, you know, the reasons why he left for WCW. It's quite some quite interesting stuff there. And, um, yeah, WCW briefly, and we talked about uh, Impact Wrestling as well and Hogan and Bischoff and uh, his return to WWF, uh, well, 2018, wasn't it, the Hall of Fame, and then he returned the following year uh, to work there. So we talked about that. So, yeah, we, we covered a lot in 35 minutes. So um, I think people will uh, I think people will enjoy it. Yeah, I don't like – sometimes I don't like talking these interviews up too much, Kenny. I know that's the wrong thing you should do when you try to sell <laughs> something. But um, often when at times when I do interviews, I can't, I can't really remember how good they were. In, when, I, when I've just recorded, I haven't played it back, you see, yet. So I only recorded right. it last night. Uh, because you're concentrating so much on what you're going to ask him next that you've kind of forgotten about what he's just said. So that's the thing. When I'm doing an interview, I'm in your blinkered mode, tunnel vision, and you know you concentrate so hard when you do an interview. But I think there's some good stuff in there, and I think people will enjoy it. First time I've ever interviewed him. Um, and uh, he was... He was uh, he was amused that uh, I'd been covering wrestling for thirty years. So uh, I think he thought he was speaking to some youngster at first, because obviously I sound really young. Yeah, you do. Oh, you do. A teenager, practically. So. Yeah, I don't would ever li- believe listening to me that I'm fifty two. So um, <laughs> he was uh, he was uh, yeah pleasantly surprised by that. So uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully people will really enjoy that interview, and that will be in issue twenty two. Indeed. I've inside the Works magazine, which will be on sale. Uh, what will it be? It'll be the 30th of June, won't it? Yeah, end of June. So, uh, yeah, we'll go, uh, that's going to be there. Uh, I did 20 questions with Wardlow for the issue yes, as well. Indeed. So, uh, so yeah, a lot of good stuff in there. Obviously, big coverage of Double or Nothing and all the stuff that's going on in wrestling. So, um, yeah, it should be a good time as always. So, I want to thank you all for your support. And we'll talk to you soon. I'm sad tonight
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 